Welcome to the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast with your host, Ed Burkeen. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, ladies and gentlemen, whatever and wherever you may be listening to us. You have your ears locked into the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast, a special edition of the Players to Be Named Later show. My name is Ed. I am your host for these festivities, and joining me as always, he is my arch nemesis, my tag team partner, and my very best friend. You know him from the pool and bowling alleys all around Baltimore, but you can only find his sports content right here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Danny Bananas. What's up, Ed? I got a question I gotta ask you, bud. Oh, shoot, big guy. When you look in my eyes... What do you see? Uh, mostly blood, bloodshotness, and a little bit of despair and um, um, poor, being poor. Yeah. So you don't see anything resembling the cult of personality? Daniel, that is the cult of personality. Being poor in 2023 is the personality for too many people. We went way too far for that reference. Excuse me, I'm still not feeling that great. But the reason we are finally reviving... This show, or I guess we could say this show is returning, is because of Survivor Series 2023 War Games. Survivor Series is the second longest running WWE premium live event, only behind WrestleMania. It is a weekend after Thanksgiving tradition, and War Games has now made an appearance once again. Dan, it felt weird not hearing William Regal call it War Games, right? It definitely did feel weird. It also feels weird, uh, even though I know War Games has been here before, it also feels weird not having that traditional Survivor Series match. Well, I think that's what War Games is, though. I mean, in a sense, but not that elimination match, right? I also miss the Battle of the Brands, but, um, I mean, look, I I can sit here and nitpick and complain and do all of that, but this card, hands down, for only being a five-match card, was hands down one of the better cards that uh, I think we have seen in a long time, Ed. What are your thoughts? It was by far the best PLE we've had for the WWE in in a really long time, and maybe all year. This may have beaten WrestleMania. Like, this was that good. There wasn't a bad match on this card at all. There wasn't a bad match on this card, and the fact that this card was in Chicago, and, we are, and we've already hinted about the return of CM Punk. If you're listening to this show, clearly you're a wrestling fan, so you've already known that Punk's returned because it's been all over every verse that you can imagine. Um, you know, I was thinking last night, after the show, after watching the press conference, I can't remember one spot in any of these matches, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember the crowd chanting CM Punk at all during any oh of yes the they did yes they did did they yes they did. so then okay so then i'm also gonna say that the matches were that good that i didn't hear it or really realize it or pay attention to it um which match was it do you happen to remember it happened during all of them actually they were okay. quieted but i distinctly remember it during the gunther miz match and during the uh Rhea zoe stark match Okay, and I'm going to say, honestly, if there were two matches that probably, that I would have guessed, I would have actually probably guessed the Rhea-Zoe match. Um, But 
I mean, all, all these matches were good. I have a newfound respect for Zoe Stark. Uh, I'm not going to go too far off on a tangent because I know we're going to kind of talk through each one of these uh, individually, and I'm going to kind of help you out here because normally you're the one that never shuts up, and I think it might be me today here, bud. Yeah, I don't think I have it in me not to completely die while we do this. But, um, well, let's start at the beginning. Of, at the beginning with the opening match, it was the Women's War Games match. It went 33-35 and featured Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch, defeating the four-woman team of Damage Control, Bailey, Asuka, Eosky, and Kari Sane. Dakota Kai was at ringside and actually did get involved in the match, providing a kendo stick. Yeah. Uh, give me your thoughts, Dan. Yeah, so um, for me, this was actually a very good match. Um you had some really nice spots in here as well. Uh, the Charlotte-Becky hug in there, a lot of people really like that. For me, it was just kind of meh. Like, you know these two are really good friends outside of the ring. Um, obviously, for storyline purposes, that was great. Uh, the Bianca wearing the two braids last night and using them as whips. Uh, they did a really good job to have that sound come through. And it definitely, you definitely could hear that there was some sting behind those. Um, Triple H actually said it in the press conference, and I agreed with him when he said that. Uh, Shotzi had a great showing, and I think that this can solidify her on that top of the card. On the other side, we had EO Sky do the, um, the trash can drop off the top of the cage again. Very interesting spot. Um, I enjoy it because it's... I, it's weird, right? Because I enjoy her doing it, but when I see Darby Allen do it, I kind of cringe, I guess, because he just does it all the time. And he'll do a coughing drop onto everything to where she didn't do a coughing drop. She got caught and it was done safely. The trash can really didn't bit, really didn't look too damaged. Um, the way this match ended, it's going to set up perfectly for that Bailey-Dakota Kai feud when Dakota Kai can return, uh, as Dakota Kai seems to be becoming more of the leader of damage control and Bailey is sort of working her way out. It looks like maybe for a face turn here. Um, Kyrie Sane looked good. Uh, as far as this is the first time I've seen her back in a ring. Um, I have not much watched much wrestling leading up to this. Um, to be completely honest, I was getting a little burnt out again and, uh, man, this definitely drew me right back in and raw is a must watch for me tomorrow. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the match here, Ed? I mean, you summed it up pretty well. I think this was done very, very well. Um, you know, I always thought that War Games is a very gimmicky kind of match. And honestly, I think War Games has a spot at NXT. This doesn't need to be a main roster thing. And maybe it's because of that uh, Undisputed Era match from three or four years ago that is probably one of my top five favorite matches of all time That was when they did the war match. games. Yes. But um, this was amazing. Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen something more from this, because if you think the two, the two main things we got out of this match were the hug between Charlotte and Becky and that drop by EO sky. I would have liked From to have a seen match damage. perspective, yeah. But I would I have liked to have seen damage control implode. Bailey cost damage control the match and get kicked out of damage control. I think that's what that's leading to, right? Bailey was the one to get pinned. 
Right? Or am I just making that up in my head? To be fair, Bailey also took the spear for EO. So. Which I feel like is what she's going to use, right? Hey, I took the spear for EO. You know, I took the spear for for Kyrie. Like, you know, where were you guys, right? They were talking about how she's being the MVP. But where I think the storyline is going to go, and this is one of the most beautiful parts about wrestling, is you and I don't know where it goes. It's all speculation. We can talk about this going 10 different ways. Dakota's going to spin this as you were the weak link. You were the one that lost us the match. Why didn't you do more? Why didn't you kick out? So She was also in there the longest, though, too. I agree with you. 100 percent um i just think that that's not how it's going to be seen uh from a heel storyline perspective well i guess uh, we'll I start finding start out on monday out. i think we're yep i think we're going to start to see that storyline play out here dakota kai has to be close to a return um i would say guessing within the next two to three maybe next two months or so uh anything longer than that i feel like this may have got played out a little bit too early uh, moving on to the Agreed. second match here, Ed. Um, you have it. Well, let's let's go ahead and rate this out of five stars. What what would you give the women's war games match? Four two five, four five somewhere in there. I'd give it a four. Um, definitely thought it was very good. I thought it was a great way to kick off the show. I was a little surprised they kicked it off with a war games match, but obviously you know it was going to be the women's when you saw it coming down. Um. And, man, they have been knocking it out of the park. Uh, when I was at Fastlane, the first match on the card, knocked it out of the park. They have been setting the tempo. Um, they have it, it, WWE has been doing a lot of things right as of late. And so Triple H knows what he's doing. Say that. It feels good to say that, yes. Triple H um, knows what he's Moving on to the next match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. We have Gunther defeating The Miz by submission. 12 minutes and 20 seconds. I thought the ending was kind of meh. I didn't Maybe I was just rooting for The rushed. Miz, but it, it didn't feel rushed per se. But this did nothing for The Miz. Yes, we, we know The Miz can still go. And Gunther took care of him in under 15 minutes. But if you're, they're painting themselves into a corner to where, who's going to be Gunther? There's really nobody left unless you take um, a main eventer and have them step down. Has is Brock a Grand Slam champion? No, Brock's never won a tag team title either. <sighs> um, you can't have Brock do that. Brock's too big of a name to beat Gunther. You can. (sighs) It has to be somebody like Finn Balor. I'm saying I think that's the payoff. I think think that you can have a payoff of Gunther beating Brock and Gunther saying, there's nothing left for me to do with this Intercontinental Championship. I will, like, just full-on Gunther heel. He's been one of the best heel workers that there's been. Just straight-up talk going like, you know, I – this is I, beneath me. For me to, You're yeah, this beneath is, me. Yeah. This is, you know, I I will retire this title. I am coming, and then he like calls out Roman or Seth or whoever the champion is at the time. Um, because I'll tell you what, I Brock is the way that he's worked some of these guys here lately. 
I could see Brock taking another loss and being okay with it for another big payday. Um, and that would be a hell of a match. I would. That's a match I would actually enjoy seeing Lesnar in, to be completely honest with you. I'm not sure Lesnar's going to want to take 15 chops to his chest. Uh, n- no, probably not. I think uh, I think he may be willing to take like five. Well, we know who won't be challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, and that's Ryback. But more on that here later. Ah, uh, since you love that, didn't you? Since he is officially retired, but um, I'd like to see Finn Balor beat Gunther. I know it's kind of a heel versus heel kind of thing. But Imperium on one side, and you have um, Judgment Day on the other. Yeah, it, I'm just. Or, or maybe no. maybe you get somebody like um, Montez Ford with the Street Profits. I wouldn't mind that. I, I would enjoy that more than uh, more than a Finesque. I'm just kind of a little over the Judgment Day. Uh, for me, this was one of the. This was the weakest this, match on the card, and it was still damn good. Yeah. Um, I don't – I mean, I I actually loved The Miz playing dirty in here, and the fans were going crazy for him for some reason, which wasn't something I feel like we normally see. I feel like we had a heel babyface Miz. Um, a tweener is what they call that. Which was interesting. Well, no, because I think immediately he goes back now to being just straight up heel and getting no. all the time. No, he's a face. You think he's so? got the whole he's got the whole Kogan moveset where he's a loved guy, but he plays dirty. Because say what you will, but if you look at Hulk Hogan's moveset, when Hulk Hogan was at the top, Hulk Hogan had a had a heel moveset. He did the finger pokes. He you know the the raking of the back and all that stuff. Those are heel moves. That's, I think, where That's the Miz has true. to live now. I mean, and I, I don't hate it. I've, I've grown to enjoy the Miz a little bit more here as of late. Um, But right. what Let's, would you give this one out of five? Three and a half, three, seven, five, maybe. I'm right in the same area with you. I'm a little bit more towards like three and a quarter and to three and a half. Well, let's move on. Santos Escobar defeated Dragon Lee, who was defending the honor of Carlito and Rey Mysterio and the rest of the LWO, in 7 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, Santos Escobar is, with the promo he cut during the pre-show, what he did during this match, Santos Escobar has outgrown the LWO and I think is a firm mid to upper mid card contender now. He has impressed me that much. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. I like Escobar. I said, you know, um, we did not have official picks because we did not record a show before this, but Ed and I did make picks as the show was going on, and I did pull the clean sweep. I went five for five. Um, Now, to be fair, this could have been one of the more easiest – this could have been the easiest pay-per-view to ever get a sweep on. And a sweep is a sweep, okay? If, yeah, if sure. The, if, the Cardinals, sweeping, if the Cardinals the Yankees, are playing the... Sweeping the Yankees and sweeping the... What's the worst team in baseball? The Cubs? The Reds? The Pirates? Sweeping the Yankees and sweeping the Pirates are two very different things. 
Let me ask you a question here, bud. If the Cardinals sweep the, the Cubs triple A team and it clinches the division for them, they still swept the Cubs, right? Regardless of if it's there. Are, are you saying the Cubs are a triple A team? I mean, because they are. But you're still going to count that as a Cub as a sweep, right? All right. Anyway, I digress. Let's not get too far off the beaten path here because I don't need you dying on me in the middle of this show. I need you to get through this because we have a lot more shows to record here uh, in the upcoming week. What did you th- – I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit. So Santos Escobar defeating Dragon Lee. Uh, I would have actually – I, I love this match so much. I wish – I would love to see these guys go for 20 minutes, and I hope we get to see that eventually. Um, I would love to see – obviously, I know Santos is playing a heel. But I would love to see a little bit of the Lucha side of Santos come out because you watch some of those these guys go back when they were in Mexico and they were wrestling that Lucha style. Man, one of the best freaking matches that I feel like we, we could see. And I feel like this was a nice little tease of the palette. Uh, Dragon Lee looked to step up and Ray has called him the future of Lucha Libre. And really, when you watch the way he moves and just how fluid he is in the ring, it's very hard to disagree with that. Santos is also, I agree with you, um, after the promo he cut on the pre-show and everything, he very well could be a world champion one day. Um, he, He speaks fluid enough English to where it's... I still feel like they have an issue giving the championship title to... Wrestlers that can't speak great fluent English. Um, fluent English. Yeah, um, that's true, though. But I think this is where having Gunther with his forever reign um, really kind of hampers things. Because Escobar needs to have a belt on him soon. And who's the U.S. champion right now? Logan Paul. Okay, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. Because the only person that is going to be able to take that from Logan Paul would be Ricochet L- right now. A night. Maybe. Where was LA Knight on this pay-per-view? Yeah. But um, that's that's a different subject for a different time. I mean, where was the bloodline? Like, where was there was? I mean, this was this was a very good card for missing a lot of key elements to their weekly show, which is what right. makes this card even so much better. Back to what I was saying, though. The Cruiserweight Championship. This would be perfect for it. And maybe it's because of the Lucha thing, and maybe Lucha is typecast into being a Cruiserweight kind of thing. But this absolutely... Escobar, Dragon Lee... Give Tazawa some credibility other than him dancing with potato chips. And that's another – we completely glossed over one of another major return that happened. We absolutely did. Our, Our truth, truth is, is back. back. <clears throat> and that is amazing. Love me some Our truth And they did it perfect. You know, I told you right then I love the, the women's war games match. And that little bit of comedy that they had was perfect you know otis otis is so underutilized like when he got that money in the bank i know it was an accident and i know it was completely a fluke and they completely botched the whole thing with him and mandy rose like that could have gone on and that could have been something special but um 
Otis is perfect doing that. Like, he is absolutely perfect doing that stuff. That was done very, very well. Very, very well. So, yeah. But they need to bring back the Cruiserweight Championship. I thought the Cruiserweight Championship was in NXT still. Then they need to make it relevant on the main roster. I feel like that's something that can maybe happen down the line. Um, I mean, hell, the the NXT North American Championship is held by Dom Mysterio. Why can't the Cruiserweight Championship be held by Dragon Lee and have him go back and forth between both shows? You know? But that's, yeah, no, that's, a, that's, a fair that's point. just my opinion. What do you give this match out of five? Uh, three dots, three, seven, five. Oh, no, this was easy. This is easily a four. Four, two, five. I, I, I'm be honest. I need the match to be longer to give it a higher star rating. Fair, fair. But for what it was, it, it did well for both these guys. It elevated Agreed. both of these guys. Uh, let's move along. Rhea Ripley defeated Zoe Stark by pinfall to retain her women's world championship in nine minutes and 15 seconds. This was a shorter match, but they got in everything they needed to get into. Zoe Stark cemented herself that she is a bona fide player and out of the shadow of Trish Stratus. Thank God. Rhea this was Ripley. the best thing they could have did for her because I was not a fan of her the whole time she was with Trish. I'm not going to say I'm a fan of her now, but I'm a fan of her work. Right. I enjoyed but watching her in this match. I told you after this match was over. I told you they have painted themselves into the corner with three of their big titles. Yes, they have. There is nobody in a position to beat to defeat Rhea Ripley. There is nobody in a position to defeat Gunther. And there's nobody in a position to beat Roman Reigns unless somebody comes back. You want to talk about somebody beating Gunther, by the way? John Cena's never been an Intercontinental Champion. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah. That's so let, let's say the only way the only way this happens, Gunther wins the Royal Rumble, drops the Intercontinental belt because it's beneath him. Who beats Rhea Ripley? I think there's only one. I think, I'm going to be honest, I think they were setting up for Cardgill, Rhea. And they learned a lot about her ability and how they didn't think she was ready for that. Okay, so I, Dave. And I mean, Triple H literally said that in the post in the in the press conference. Triple H literally said, to no fault of her own, she did not. She, basically, she, he basically, in so many words, said that AEW did not give her enough training. If you go back and watch the, the press conference from last night. Um, which is why I'm just repeating what he, he's saying pretty much, because I, I think that if he's saying that, it kind of speaks volumes to how they felt about her ability and stuff like that. And they didn't want to just throw her into a position that she was not going to be ready for. Um, and I think part of that would have been to face Rhea and possibly take that title. Okay. So what do you do now? set up the match for WrestleMania. You have another three months. Cargo wins the Royal Rumble. She can be protected in there, and then you can kind of give her a little one-off match here, one-off match there as some palate cleansers. You have her kind of go on a little bit of a run if that's the way you want to go. Um, give her the Goldberg squash route? Maybe a little bit, yeah. But you ha it has to pay off. It has to pay off. 
is there anybody they could bring back to beat Rhea? Sasha, one of the dirtiest players in the game. I'll just take a quote from from Rick there. Um, you could bring Sasha back. Is it weird that they mentioned the four horsewomen of NXT like 18 times? They kept saying three of the four in this match. It made me believe that maybe there's some talk going on. I mean, possibly they also mentioned Jericho for the first time in a long time. And Edge. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I feel like we are definitely in, we are definitely the post Vince McMahon era of WWE, and Vince has done so much for us as wrestling fans growing up. But man, it feels so good to move on from it. Oh, you stupid little man, you! No, it doesn't. It's sad. It doesn't. It, it's sad. It really is that Vince McMahon lost his company the way he did. Did he deserve to lose it? Yeah. But let's not lament Vince McMahon too, too much on this show because the dude made billions of dollars off the backs of a lot of really nefarious stuff. Been watching a lot of Dark Side of the Ring lately. And uh, it's made me less and less of a fan of Vince McMahon just throwing that out there. But um, what do you think of this match out of five? No, this was probably my lowest. I'm going to tie this for the lowest rated match with Miz and Gunther at 3.25. Um, mm. They both can't. You know what? I'm going to give it three and a half. That's, I liked it a little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm going to give it. I liked it more than Gunther and Miz, but less than Santos and Dragon Lee. Um, Rhea is a star, though. Like, Rhea is a star. It's not even a question. Oh, absolutely. And she may be the biggest star that shows up every day. You know, literally, literally she's on she's on literally every show because of the relationship she has with Dom and everything else. Rhea Rhea's kind of a big deal. Let's move along. Let's talk about the biggest of deals. Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn and Randy Orton. In his return, defeated the Judgment Day of Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dominic Mysterio, J.D. McDonough, and, not in the Judgment Day, Drew McIntyre. This match went 34-50, the longest on the night, and wasn't the biggest thing to come out. Um, Randy Orton's back. What are your thoughts? Looked good, no? Uh, Looked great. Um legitimately looked healthy like i guess i I guess i didn't i mean obviously you know having two back fusion surgeries clearly something was wrong there but i'm gonna be honest here i didn't really see realize how unhealthy he was until he came back um he looked like he got 10 years younger yeah Um, he just looked better he looked in the little bit that he did he looked good as well Mm -hmm. um did they practice the RKO with JD McDonough off the top of the cage? I don't understand how you can practice that. With a with a throw mat, you you I mean McDonough would have took the bump more than once, but you just put a throw mat down. I mean it looked the, the it looked like Orton almost missed it. That's what I thought too. I mean it came off very well, and even in slow motion you can see Orton did what he needed to do. Is that a top three RKO for you? No. 
No. I mean, it may be. I'd have to go back and really put a lot of thought into it and really, like, rate I mean, them all. But the, the Shelton number, Benjamin one. Number one is, number one for me is the Seth Rollins one. No. No. No, 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 no. The Shelton Benjamin one from, like, 10 or 12 years ago where Benjamin's coming off the top rope in a springboard and he's, like, 10 feet in the air and Orton jumps and grabs him. It was, it's perfect. That's the best. I mean, that one, that one's up there for me as well. Um, Yeah, no, that one's definitely not top three because the Benjamin one's good. The Rollins one is great, in my opinion. And then you have the, um, oh, who who was it that was doing the, the moon sod and he called out of the air. Evan Bourne? Wasn't it Evan Bourne? Yeah. Yeah. That was a shooting star press he did. He caught Evan Bourne going backward on a shooting star press. That was back in Legacy. That may have been back Evolution days. Evolution or Legacy days. Yeah. That was definitely Evan Bourne on a shooting star press. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, that one was... So so that one's not top three, but it was definitely cool to see like him hit something like that right out the gate. To be completely honest with you, uh, it wasn't right out the gate. It was toward the end of the match. But I mean, like right right out the gate, as in his first match back. Yeah, we saw a little bit of they teased Randy Orton and Jay Mysterio, or Jay Uso, excuse me, going at it. That's got to be a future storyline, right? Uh, I actually don't think so. I think that that's – I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. I think what that's going to be is that's going to be something that, like, Jay's always going to be – like, Randy's always going to tease it, but I don't think it's actually ever going to happen. Until they want to turn Randy heel. Correct. Which could happen on Monday. Then that could um, – I mean, it could, right? I mean, you just brought back another face and the guy we're going to definitely obviously have to talk about here in Punk. Um, but – well, he's more of a tweener. But anyway, it's uh no, I mean uh, I don't know. You, I'm kinda what did you think about how Judgment Day performed? Um hmm. That's a good question. Uh I actually thought Dom was pretty good in the match with the way he just came running in as the last one in. Everybody loved it. I, I love the heat that he gets as well. It's Can, perfect. You know, everybody hated how he was being built, but it's perfect. It is absolutely he, perfect. He's the last one in the cage, and as he's standing in the cage, the whole crowd is just yelling, Dom, you suck. Dom, you suck. I believe it Dom, may have been a little suck. bit more vulgar than that, but yes. Pretty yeah, sure I heard I'm an F.U. Dom chat for a little while, too. Ah, uh, Yes. That, so, I mean, it was just, I mean, he's great. But also, really quickly, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about the Santos-Escobar match, but since we're talking about Dom, why does everybody hate when Dom has, you know, more than one friend? Or when, when Ray has, you know, more than one person, right? Dom turned his back on Ray after Ray, you know, was cool with Edge. Santos turned his back on him after, you know, he was cool with Carlito. It's like, so, all right, so who's Dragon Lee going to be mad that, that, that Ray talks to? Like, is this guy not allowed to talk to more than one person at a time? Hmm. I, I I couldn't think back to earlier in his career, but is that why Eddie got mad at him back in the day? No, Eddie got mad at him. There's a whole deal about that. In fact, it involved Dominic Mysterio. But anyway, let's not get too far off the, that tangent. I just thought... 
I just thought I would bring that up because I thought that was interesting. That's how both these two the storylines have progressed. The, sec- the second greatest stipulation of a winning a match ever was do- custody of Dominic Mysterio on a pole. Or it wasn't even on a pole. It was it was a ladder match. You know what the best one was? Sounds like something on a pole match, though, doesn't it? Buff Bagwell's mother on a pole match. That was a thing. Judy Bagwell. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Judy Bagwell um, on a pole match. It happened. This match, looking back at it, was very good. I'm, I'm reining us back in here. Um, but the more I think about it, out of the two War Games matches, I think the women's War Game match key spots stand out a little bit more to me in that. Mm. Um, I guess as more I'm thinking about, like I love the the in sync uh, draping DDTs they all did. That, that was, was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I actually really liked the. I like how they did. War Games. Yes, yes, yes. Um, from the Judgment Day side, how they sent. Finn, JD, and Dominic up, and they all did their like key signature moves off the top. One thing that pissed me off is Seth did a really good spot, I want to say, with Damian Priest, and we only caught the ass end of it. He did the stomp on Priest on the metal on the metal part in the middle of the ring. Um and even Corey Graves is like, I think Seth just gave a stomp to Priest on the metal grating in between the rings. Like, come on, you have to let us see that, right? The, the stomp was one of the most violent moves out there that was barred for so long. And then he does something like that and we can't see it. You're thinking like, of the punt, not the stomp. Stomp has never no, been barred. Randy yeah, Orton's yes, punt? No, it wasn't. Randy Orton's punt was barred. He was not allowed to do the... Um, to do the uh, the curb stomp for the longest time. That's why he went to the, the pedigree. That was part of the reason why why the pedigree became no, his finisher. Went to the, he went to the pedigree because he was aligned with the authority. We can debate this on another show because I'm not going to make you yell while you don't have a voice. But 100%, he was not allowed to do the stomp for so long. He just brought it back probably within the last two to three, two and a half years. Agree to disagree on that one. Because you're wrong, but um, I'm not going to make you yell while you're while you're sick. So you're lucky that I'm being a good friend right now. So we teased, or we got the tease of another cash in, which I told you was going to happen. But yeah, I'm kind of interested to know how that was going to work. I'm almost at the point to where I think he's going to lose the cash in. No, he asked. He asked to cash it in at some point. Right, no, 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 no. I think he's going to lose when he does cash it in, though. Well, he has until the next money in the bank. Isn't that how that works? Yeah, but I still, like, like, but that's where I'm at with how long it's taken this cash in to come. I don't think they, I would actually prefer for him to cash in on Roman and take the belt off Roman, because that would be a great way for that story to go. The Judgment Day team up on Roman, the bloodline has slowly seen cracks and leaks, they lost Sammy, they lost, and then now you can go back to this being Jay and Sammy's fault, and you can even reignite that feud if you want. You guys are the reason why I lost my belt. You never put anything above family. Yeah, no, I get that, and and you're right, because really it's just Roman and Solo and Jay, and Jimmy, right? 
Yep. So Judgment Day. Roman has a match. Well, Roman has a match with whoever, wherever. Let's say the Royal Rumble with insert random person here. Um, Brock, maybe? Or something? Or, or somebody. Somebody comes back. Maybe it's Punk. He has a match with Punk. Punk's on Raw. He has a match with somebody. It just Build up somebody. Yeah, Santos Escobar. I got you. I, 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 I got you. I get where I, I get. We get that. Solo part. comes out. John Cena comes out, takes care of Solo. They brawl to the back. Solo's now completely out of the equation. Jimmy comes out. Then Jay comes out. Those two fight in the back. Now you have that match at WrestleMania. Jimmy versus Jay at Mania. That's a match I want to see. So now it's Roman alone with Paul Heyman against. Santos Escobar, right? Out right. comes Judgment Day. Or no, 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 not even that. Carlito comes out, takes care of Santos Escobar. There's another match at WrestleMania. Done. <clears throat> Signed, delivered. Right? Right. Judgment Day comes out after Roman gets emaciated. Paul Heyman turns on Roman and is now the mouthpiece for Judgment Day. Damian Priest cashes in. Damian Priest is your champion. Roman's off for however long he needs to go. Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest at Mania. Cody finishes the story there. After that wouldn't be Royal terrible. Rumble. Is my fantasy booking back on track? Um, Part of it is, but still part of it. Part of what you just said was way too much and way too... I'm just saying, in in a matter of 15 minutes, you can set up four matches at WrestleMania. Right there, just four of them. And you can even put Roman in a triple threat with Damian Priest, with Cody Rhodes. That's how Cody can beat Roman. That's how Cody can beat Priest. You put it in a cage to keep Judgment Day out of it. See the only saying? issue with that, the only issue with that is, is you're not, uh, you're not keeping Roman off the WrestleMania card. But so that's why you have the triple threat at Mania in a cage to keep the Bloodline out, to keep Judgment Day out, because Cody's on his own. See what I'm saying? There's no numbers there. Maybe it's against but, Randy Orton. Roman and Randy Orton. That's a match I want to see. Have it at the Rumble. Yeah, actually, I don't, I don't hate Roman Randy Orton to be completely honest. Um, but let's talk about the the biggest surprise of the night. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't see it coming. Nobody uh, saw it coming. I damn sure didn't see it coming. And I texted you that when I saw the little watermark in the bottom corner of the screen. I said, "Well, it's over." It's been a I, while since they've done that. Since they've done the the copyright, huh? Well, apparently fake. There were, I think Triple H said maybe four or five people that knew that was happening. Yeah. Yeah, it was very. Him and Punk, and that was it. Um, They cleared out the backstage area so he could walk through. Yeah, I also did see that there were some, um, some reports came out this morning that talent in the ring did know that Punk was returning. uh, But they found out. 
they did, but they found out literally right before they walked out. Now, Punk returned to the pop of pops of pops. Like, that wasn't a pop. That was an explosion. Um, Yeah, I mean, he... he It had to happen in Chicago. But the reactions were interesting. And even before Punk came out, um, Drew McIntyre storming back to the back, clearly and very. Oh, Ed, you cut was out. Was he a character or no? Um, yeah, I'm I don't here. know. I don't know. So there was also a video that is now deleted due to copyright infringement of Drew holding his eye as he's walking to the back when this happens. So was he injured? Was he not? I don't know. McIntyre's been really hard to read. He's been playing I the character it was very the well. Side of his head, not his eye. Um, that... He's been playing the the character very well as of late. But also, I feel like there's a little bit of um, animosity there. Like I, I feel like he kind of. I don't. If he didn't renew his contract, I don't know if he does. Oh my gosh, we're back to this again, are we? That, this is a ridiculous argument. This is a ridiculous argument, Dan. What's what's so ridiculous about it? You're reading too much into the dirt sheets, brother. He's not going to leave. People want him so bad to be Drew Galloway again in AEW. Why? He's no, doing that, what he needs to do. He's fine no, at where he's at. Not what I'm saying. I mean, don't forget he was just in a contract dispute not too long ago. Says who? I mean, said every report that was out there, including. Oh, so you're reading the dirt sheets and believing them now, huh? The same yeah. dirt sheets that promised that CM Punk was not returning last night. The same ones that said I completely changed my stance now after he returned to try to save face. The ones that promised us that Punk. Wasn't coming back. There was no chance of this. Just those same people. Those are the ones you're trusting. So you think Drew going in the back was all a work? It's professional wrestling. You can't believe what you see here or read. Okay. I mean. That being said. There was another reaction that. Is kind of making waves everywhere. Seth Rollins had to be restrained from going after CM Punk on the ramp. And it's pretty clear to make out what Seth was saying. It starts with an F and ends with Uck You. And there was a lot of middle fingering going on. It's confirmed that. I mean, that confirms it right there that it's Seth and Punk at the next pay-per-view, right? You don't yeah, I mean, Punk we'll back s- for a one-shot pop. I mean, we'll see. I guess the only thing I could maybe say is that maybe maybe they don't know if he is uh, – if they just found out before they went out and they didn't have that conversation, maybe Seth doesn't want to work with him and maybe they don't force Seth too. but. We'll see. Yeah, I, it's entirely possible. But, I mean, come on, man. Like, I want to say that that's kayfabe, and I want to say this, that, and the third, but it was a lot of jawing back and forth. 
And there was a lot of jawing back and forth. A lot of things were said that didn't need to be said. On, I, I don't want to say on both sides because I feel like if there has been a high road taken in this ever-going fan-driven war between AEW and the WWE, AEW has said and done a lot more than what the WWE has. But let's not forget, if Cody Rhodes can smash Triple H's throne and be welcomed back with open arms and recover from some of the promos that he cut, to be arguably the most marketable star that the WWE has, I think whatever Punk can do can be forgiven. If Bret Hart can come back and hug Shawn Michaels in the middle of the ring, anything can be forgiven. If the ultimate warrior can come back, anything can be forgiven. There's only Two things in wrestling history that will never be forgiven. And we don't need to talk about either one of them. But where where do they go from here? Because now you've got to do something with Punk. You can't just bring him in for one shot and not do anything with him. I think this is why it just became the most much-watched wrestling show of the year. A week. Maybe the rest of the year. Maybe leading up to WrestleMania, because for me it was SmackDown through this whole time. But well, I think what's, they, what's the next pay per view? Uh, oh, that's a great question, Ed. NXT Deadline is technically and then the after next one Deadline. Coming. It's Rumble. You have to assume that he's just going to be number thirty in the Rumble, right? They're going all the way to January. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be a stop in Riyadh again, shouldn't there be? They're going to go from, like, they're completely skipping a pay-per-view in December. Yeah, no, this is their premium live event schedule, though. And it's happening at Tropicana Field, the Rumble is, by the way. That can be very interesting with the... uh... How shitty of a stadium that is? Yeah. Yeah, the the weather is well, to be completely honest. It's in a dome, though, so... Fair. Um, That's interesting. Uh, Raw is 30? Raw turns 30 this year on January 10th? Yes, it does. 30 years of Monday Night Raw. That should be interesting. We should do some odds on that. What are the odds we're going to see The Undertaker? High. Even money? Less than even money? Shawn Michaels. Triple H. Stone Cold Steve Austin. All of them have to be there, right? Like all <sighs> all of them. All of them have to be there. Yeah. Oh, I are, have are we a... going to get the Rocket Mania? Now that the SAG after strike is over, is that really the worst thing that's, that could have happened to the WWE that that strike ends? Because now The Rock's going to go back to making movies. Cena's going to go back to doing his wipe out or splash down or whatever TV show he's got and making movies. Sasha Banks, you got to figure, is going to go back to The Mandalorian if they still got stuff for her to do. 
and going back to whatever she's got going on, what New Japan or All Japan or overseas. So, could you imagine if that strike would have continued? What we would have yeah. got, or what we could have had, it could have been fun. WrestleMania Extra Large. It definitely could have been fun. How long um, until the WWE brands this as WrestleMania Extra Large? Because it's XL. It's WrestleMania 40. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Ed, why don't we go ahead and get ready to wrap this baby up? You got anything to add on to this? Uh, I mean, we can. It's wrestling. We can always talk about what's going on in wrestling. We can talk about the AEW. Do you want to talk about AEW for a little we while? We can do a. I mean, we can, we can do a different, do a show, different show on that. I got, yeah. I got a, I got a few things that I want to hit you with. Sure. Let's see your knowledge. Hit can me. you name me how many of the top ten most pay per views and live streaming supercard event matches? Can you name me any of the top ten wrestlers with the most matches on those events? Randy Orton is number one. Most bought, most streamed, huh? Most then, pay-per-view and live streaming supercard event got, matches. Hogan. Hogan's got to be on there. Hogan is not on there. Hey, bud, it sounds like you're going through a tunnel. Austin. Rock. Uh, neither Austin or The Rock are on there. Really? Triple H. Triple, Triple H, H is number four. Seth Rollins. Rollins Seth is Rollins not on there. Rollins is not on there. Roman. Roman is not on there. Some of these Give names the I think are going to surprise you. All right, Give number one, Randy Orton at 182. Sure. Number two, we have Hold on. King. King makes sense. Kofi Kingston. No. Dolph Ziggler. No. Go on. Number three, we have Undertaker at 174. Number five, we have Trips. Number six, or I'm sorry, number four, we have Trips. Number five, we have Cena at 165. I should have guessed that. Number six, we have Edge at 145. I wanted to say him too. Number seven, we have Chris Jericho at 144. That one surprised me a little bit. I'm it's it not not if you think about all the nitro stuff too. Number eight, we have Big Show at 142. I am so disappointed in myself. I'm actually really disappointed you didn't guess the next one. Number nine, we have Miz at 133. So disappointed in myself. And number ten, we have Rey Mysterio at 122. Yeah, I. Now, Ed, I have a did you know for you. I came prepared this morning. Oh, for the first time in a long time. Ed, did you know Emmett Smith wore four different jerseys on the night that he broke the NFL rushing record? I did, one for each quarter. Yes. Because one went to the NFL Hall of Fame, one was his own, one went to, I believe it was the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Or it was was he with the Cowboys or the Cardinals when he broke that? Who Emmett? He was with the Cowboys. Okay, so one went to the Cowboys Hall of Fame, the other went to Jerry Jones. 
Yes. And Ed, did you know Ric Flair revealed his Mount Rushmore of wrestling and he was not on it? Interesting. It was Stone Cold, Hulk Makes Hogan, okay. Undertaker, right, and Shawn Michaels. Don't hate it. He actually said Shawn Michaels is the GOAT. Yeah, I'll agree with that. If Shawn Michaels doesn't get his back hurt, and Shawn Michaels doesn't have to, didn't have all the substance abuse issues he has, it wouldn't be a conversation on if Shawn Michaels is the best of all time. It would be an accepted fact. All right, bud. So since I stole a little bit of your segment there, I'm going to go ahead I'm going to go with non-wrestling stuff to end this show. Dan, did you know that Tony Gwynn had more assists in college at San Diego State University at 590 than strikeouts in his 20-year major league career as he only struck out 434 times? I did know that because you showed it to me this morning. Dan, did you know this is a wrestling one? That a fan paid $580 for a Rhea Ripley autograph that she licked. I didn't know that before you sent it to me because I saw the clip and I was just as grossed out then as I was when you sent it to me. Dan, did you know that during Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak, Ted Williams hit for a higher average, slugging percentage, and OBP? I'm sorry, OBP plus slugging than Jolton Joe. I did not know that. DiMaggio hit 408 over those 56 games. Williams hit 412. That just shows you how good Ted Williams was. Uh, Dan, did you know that Mariano Rivera is the only Hall of Famer to never score a single run in his entire Major League Baseball career? That is interesting. But it's believable. Like yeah. He, he was a relief pitcher in the American League his entire career. He never had an at-bat. Or if he did, he may have only had one or two. But let's put a bow on this one, unless you've got anything else. I do not, Ed. It's been a great conversation we've had. All it's right. Great. Well, what you can expect from us going forward on Wednesday, you are going to get our NFL recap show. You're going to get all of the good stuff we are always known for when we talk about the NFL. We're going to do a few tweaks to the formatting of that show where we're not going to go as in-depth into every game. And we're going to talk about a little bit of stuff going on off the field, like the implosion of the Steelers locker room, for example. You're going to get a lot of stuff on that, especially if they lose today. Once Uh, Ed is feeling up to it, you're also going to get a hockey show that he keeps trying to get out of. And... You're going to get a baseball offseason recap once we figure out where the two biggest names in Japanese baseball are going to sign. By the way, Dan, did you see Ichiro, like, is a pitcher now? Yeah, I sent that to you. Yeah, that's insane. And more on that coming later. But you're also going to get some other content as well when Dan and I have the time. It's the holidays. Everything is really busy. But, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember. How did I end this show, Dan? If you're not down that, with the Caps Lock. Go on. If you're not down with the Caps Locks and Share Shots podcast, Ed has two words for you. Okada Omega. Oh, Keep listening.